So, aren't you excited about this morning? <laughs> now, we've had a great time already, haven't we? Just praising God. Isn't it good to open our mouths and praise God really loud? We're free to do it, and I'm so grateful for the what's been done so that we can do this. You know, and so uh, we're going to talk. We actually sang about this this morning already. I'm excited about what I'm going to share here uh, this morning. Uh, we've been speaking for a while because... Um, there's an attempt by the enemy to overwhelm us. And what he wants to do, and anytime an enemy comes in, he doesn't just want to take your stuff. He wants to take your will. Yeah. Uh, so, so when an enemy comes in, like, like uh, and we've been, I believe we've been attacked in America. Um, it's been going on for a while. And if you notice, it's not missiles coming in. It's ideas coming in. Yeah. And it's coming into our schools. It's coming in to, uh, you know, our social I mean, we, I was first exposed to some of this social stuff um, uh, a few years ago. We had somebody that, that challenged me with it. And it's like, so what's the end of this? What do we do? Just get rid of our country altogether? Because there's no, there's no logical end to this. You don't, you don't resolve it in, in that way. Because and it's anti-Christ. It, it puts somebody... Even it's like in reverse. It tries to reverse it and say because somebody else is at fault, now we have to make everybody that looks like them at fault. And it's just it's antichrist. Jesus came to be for everybody, no matter what. We do need to get rid of stuff that's wrong, but it doesn't matter what. Quit talking about how we look and let's start. I, I like what the Bible says. We don't look at each other out after the outward appearance anymore. Anyway, we look at each other in Christ. Amen. And I'll tell you, we might have to work on that little bit, but we don't work on it by, by accusing somebody else. Amen. And so I'm so thankful. You know, we've been studying, and I encourage you, we have a couple more weeks of this on Saturdays. Uh, we're, we're studying about how this country came to be. And I, I, it, was, it was on the Bible. Yes. And not some, other, it, not some other religion, Jesus. Yes. And the way God established for a government to be run, this is the first time it's ever been done. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's... As much as it's tr it, the enemy wants to come in, what does he come in with? He comes in with darts that attack our mind, and he wants to steal our hearts. And that's what he's done in America to a lot of people. And so what he does is he causes us to feel overwhelmed. Like, what are we going to do? What are we gonna, we're, we're trapped. There's no hope somehow. And he doesn't win until he actually gets that done. And there's, there's countries in the world to, today that, that, that have accomplished this. Yeah. Like, it, like in China, Iran, where they, they've completely crushed the opposition. But I was thinking about it this way. Remember, remember when Hitler went into different parts of, of Europe? And he went in with overwhelming force. They couldn't resist him at all. But you know what? They, he did not accomplish complete occupation because there was resistance through all that. And when the allies came, there was a resistance that rose up within the, the country. I was thinking about that because, you know, we get hit with stuff. Satan comes in, like, and he, he comes in with, and he messes stuff up, he, he makes a, a commotion. And he, and he tries to, to overcome us. And, and, and so, you know, we don't try to pretend like that doesn't happen. But we are those who say, no, that's not going, he's not going to get me. Right. You know, that what, we, what we've acquired in Christ is an eternal inheritance. And what he's trying to steal is our eternal inheritance. Yeah. 
and he might steal some stuff here and there. And, and we, don't even, we don't even get impressed by that. Right. Amen? Right. But we have to rise up. And so this is what, what's come to me, and, and we're on week uh, six now on this, I believe. We, we gave a dump of the whole thing in the first week, and now we've kind of gone back and gone into it in some detail. So I encourage you. We have a, a church app if this is your first time here. Welcome to be here. Welcome to New Life Church. We're, we're walking together in newness of life. I was just thinking about that while we, when I was getting ready to come out here. What I'm really encouraged about is I can look around and I can see people growing. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about Buddy receiving the offering right now. How anointed that is. You know, and, and I, I was just thinking about different people here. How, you know, we had John pray the other night at men's. And it's like, whoa, that was, that was the Holy Ghost, you know? It's like, and it's so encouraging because this isn't just about one person. It's not just a one, it's not about a, an individual at all. It's about all of us walking together in newness of life and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? Because that's what God needs in this day. He needs a body that knows who they are, amen? That's strong in the Lord and the power of his mind, ready to, to wield a God response to what's going on. So what has happened is we've been, the enemies come, but what I love is out of Isaiah, it says, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the, the, the spirit of the Lord, it's like a, it says it's like a, a, a water, an overwhelming flood that's pushed along by the breath of God. And what does it do? It completely overwhelms the enemy. And this is what we have to understand we have. <laughs> Otherwise, the enemy's coming against us with box, box knives and we have nuclear weapons and we get scared. We get overwhelmed by somebody that has nothing. We have to get the understanding of what we have in Christ and that God wants to have a response to whatever we're experiencing in life that would cause us to feel overwhelmed. Amen? Yes. And it's what, what we have in him is a complete God response. So I was thinking about this. I, you know, I'd almost like to formulate this a little bit. We have some declarations that we're going to speak here at the end. And what they are is, is proclaiming what God has actually done. And when you do that, it changes your perspective of things. We go through the whole week barraged with other things. And out of our own mouths can come stuff that's just not life, (laughs) you know? And I don't know about you, but sometimes it can can become overwhelming. Anybody identify with that? We're just living in the world, you know? But God has designed this, this response. I'm so thankful that America has a response to a 9-11. What do we do? We go, remember when we were over there for a while and they started mamby-pammying around, just kind of not, we're not really going to do anything. And then all of a sudden they said, no, we're going to have to have an overwhelming approach to this. Remember uh, Colonel, uh, uh, General Powell, Colin Powell, you know, he just passed away just recently. And he actually came up with this strategy that emulated Lincoln from a long time ago. He said, no, we're going to have overwhelming force. And when they did that, what happened? The enemy just, because we have the better weapons, don't we? And if you have the better weapons, you get some confidence and you go in. And then you, you decide who's going to do what. Amen? So we have authority. We have, we have the weapons. And I'm excited about America. I see people standing up now. 
You know, there was a while when everybody just didn't know what's going on. You don't know what to do, you know. It's like, what are we up against? And now we're getting an understanding of what we're up against. But we have to stand up. We have to use our voice. Amen? So, praise God. We have it. We have everything we need in the word. And so what we've been looking at is when the enemy comes in to overwhelm, what God's response is to overwhelm. And that has, but he's planned a way for us to do that. We don't just have that, get a, a sermon like that and then we just go out and start uh, trying to wield a weapon that we're not even familiar with. But God, you know, when you put together an army, you don't just say, hey, hey everybody, let's go. Here's some weapons, let's go right now. You have some training. You get some people to where they know what to do with these weapons. They know which end you point, you know. And they know to check your weapon, especially if you're on a movie set. Just a little, okay. All right. All right, I'm sorry. But you know, you, you do. I mean, there's some preparation you need to make. And so what we've, God gave me these, these five areas that I think God has as a God response is first of all, you have to, what the enemy's wanting to do first, he wants to take your heart. He wants to challenge you. He wants to make you feel insecure about who you are. So what God does is he comes in with the identity of Christ and he says, this is who you are. Yeah. You, there's no condemnation. You don't have to be insecure. Right. You know who you are. Yeah. You stand up. So we call that purity. It's the first P. Amen? Yeah. And then when you become, you know who you are, then you know who you're connected to. You find out, oh, I'm the thumb. I need to be connected to somebody or I'm not going to get much done, right? <laughs> and so that's what God takes us to next. He says, this is who you are. Now, this is who you're connected to. There's not a very good uh, response to an invading enemy with just one person. You have to have a partnership. We're partnered up in this. I'll tell you what, it takes the pressure off. If you know somebody's got your back, you're giving somebody your back, you know? <laughs> yeah? And so then you're connected to a body, and then you're, you're given power by the Holy Spirit. So the third P is the power, right? And so we have, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're given power, so we're not just feeling good about ourselves, connected to somebody. We actually have power that's greater. Amen? And then... We have this walking in that power that becomes prayer. It becomes a continual prayer life. Amen? Yeah. So the problem with weapons too is if, if, you're not if you don't go back and, and visit them frequently, you can become inf uh, unfamiliar with them at the time of need, right? So you're going to need to be familiar with that. And we've been given, Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. Yeah. So if there's a problem with uh, disconnection, it's not on Jesus' side, is it? He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and what he's going to enable is for you to stay in com continual communication with me. And this is so necessary. We saw that if you're going to have, if you're going to maintain vigilance, when does the enemy come in? He comes in when, you're, when your uh, defenses are down, doesn't he? When your communication system isn't working. <laughs> That's when he wants to come in. You know, we had, we had the internet go down, you know, this on Wednesday. And, and, you know, you get so used to communication, being able to communicate, don't you? And all of a sudden, I, I couldn't control my notes. Um, we're not streaming on the internet, you know. I don't know if anybody was trying to watch, you know. But, but all of a sudden, you can't do something. Why? Because you've lost a network connection. And no longer can you function in that way. 
And the Holy Spirit's come to provide for us, and it's up to us. We have to stay connected. And we do that. We, we did this a little bit singing just now, and, you know, we keep things in order, but, but we, we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to, to stay in continual communication with our Father God. Amen? Now, what I'm seeing here is all this is necessary. It's actually a progressive thing. If we're actually going to be able to be a part of a God response to an overwhelming situation. Can you see how this is so necessary for us in this day that we're in right now? Amen. We got to get some other information. We have to understand what's going on. But this, this, if we're going to be able to have any kind of God response, we can't just sit back and, you know, mumble a five minute prayer once in a while and say, God, do something in the world today. Because he's saying, I'm going to do it through you. But you're going to have to be in continual connection to me because you never know when he's going to need you to do something. And if you're, if you're, you know, in strife, if you're actually overcome by some kind of even physical thing or mental thing, and, 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 and there's somebody in need that God wants to move through you to touch. What kind of vessel can you, you can see, oh, let's see, what was that, what was that scripture? Oh, yeah, try this one. You know, it's like, no, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be this vessel of honor unto God. What's, what's that vessel of honor, just to sing a nice song? No, it's to, to be a God response to an overwhelming situation. Yes. Amen? Yes. And there's a very good chance, based upon prophecy, that we're going to have some overwhelming in the natural situations coming our way, right? But we do not have to fear in the least if we prepared in the God response God's given us, amen? If we know who we are, we're connected to the body of Christ, we're full of the power of the Holy Spirit, we're staying connected to the Father, speaking to him continually, he's our friend, he's our counselor, he's our deliverer, amen? And then, then we could start Shooting away. <laughs> right? So I, this is what we want to look at today, and this is proclamation. What, it's kind of interesting because I was looking for another P word. And I was, <laughs> I, I, we, we could have just said speak or authority or anything, other things. And it's interesting how we use the word proclaim. And it makes, it's so wonderful that we use this word because it reminds me of Barney Five. <laughs> to be real spiritual. The Emancipation Proclamation. Anybody remember that episode? <laughs> they start saying, and the people proclaimed because they needed to be emancipated. And because they proclaimed they were, you know, he, he didn't have any clue what he was talking about, right? And if, if we're not careful, we're the same way. We just start spouting off something and we don't really know it, right? But we've been given... <laughs> We've been given something, and what a proclamation is, it's something that puts, it's already established, it's something already established, but the proclamation puts it into force. So what happened with the Emancipation Proclamation? Something was already won. The, the ability to do that was already established, um, but the proclamation put it into force. And now, if there was anything that was gonna come against it, we're going we're gonna to put that thing down. That's good. Amen? Yeah. And it took the proclamation to, to put it into place, though, right? So there's things that have already been established, and we're going to look at this in, in some um, 
very powerful ways here. And so for, for an overwhelming God response, there's these, these five things that we already talked about. Purity, partnership, power, prayer, and proclamation. I encourage you, like if, if this is your first time, we actually have a church app that we have all these notes that are in that app. You can go in and you can actually add your own little notes to them if you'd like. It's on our website also. There's some, uh, some uh, a prayer on there that's additional to what we're going to do today and some overview and stuff. You can, you can access that there. Um, so there's different levels of an overcoming, overwhelming force. And so I was thinking about this. This is very necessary for us to have an understanding of, you know, because uh, I, I'm, I imagine when the caveman first came out, you know, uh, the guy with the biggest rock, you know, was the guy that overwhelmed, you know, uh, and somebody figured out you could actually throw a rock. And so, man, the guy with the best, you know, Accuracy was the one that overwhelmed in a battle, you know. <laughs> and then somehow they figured out that you didn't even have to get very close to somebody. You could actually shoot something at somebody. You know, they made bows and arrows. And so, so what happened in that kind of conflict? The, the overwhelming one in that one was the one with the most bows and arrows, right? Or the best accuracy. You knew how to make them the best, right? It's just a progressive thing, and you can see that happening. And they, we actually learned how to, you know, gunpowder, and you could actually shoot somebody from pretty far away, you know, and, and they got increased accuracy. And, and there's just been this pro, uh, progression of whoever has the biggest weapons. And that's why we were successful over, over in Iraq, right? I mean, these guys are warriors, but we just wiped them out. Why? We, we could take somebody that grew up not, not a warrior. I mean, these guys grow up that way. You know, they grow up seeing death. And they, they grow up, these are fierce warriors. But, and we could take some young man that's grown up with an iPad in front of him all the time until he gets to be 18 and, and go cut his hair off and, 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 and teach him a little bit. And he can go overwhelm this person that's grown up in this. Why? Because he has overwhelming weapons. We can, we can do amazing things. I mean, one thing we've seen is, you know, you, there's, a, there's a, uh, a rifle that you can tag somebody a mile away. A mi- you, you can tag them a mile away, and it'll actually track it, and you don't even have to squeeze the trigger. I mean, you squeeze it, but it'll go off automatically when it's going to hit that thing. Yeah, yeah, you can put goggles on to tag them, and so you can put it around a corner and not even visually see what, you know. And then we come up with these, you know, nuclear weapons and stuff, and and now China just flies around the world and we don't even know it, you know. Uh, who's going to do the overwhelming in that um, tang- entanglement, do you think, you know? So there's, there's this progression of overwhelming. And so this is the position we're put in when we're feeling overwhelmed is we're feeling we're up against something that we don't have an ability to overcome ourselves. Can you see that? And if you don't know what you have, it doesn't take very much to overwhelm you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a little kid. It's amazing what a little kid will get overwhelmed by. They don't get their way about something, you know? It's like, come on, grow up, right? You know what I mean? Or, or, or they're supposed to eat something, you know? They get overwhelmed by that. Like, just wait, just wait. You know, you got some, got some real things coming your way. So there's these levels of overwhelming force, and this is very under, necessary for us to understand 
when we're feeling overwhelmed. Because there's another progression that we've been given. Our power far exceeds any other power. And it's because it's in a completely different realm. You know, that, that's what, the, you know, our enemies are up against with us. We're in a different realm altogether. They don't, you don't even see us coming. You know, some of that stuff they, they shoot from so far up, it lands on somebody, they didn't even hear it coming. You know, they, they don't even know it's coming, right? It's a completely different realm. And now they got what laser stuff going on too. But what we've been given, it, it doesn't just put up with this stuff, it overwhelms it completely because it's in a different realm. And, and uh, this is why we need revelation. That's why we pray today because we need revelation on this because this, this is a far superior force. That's what, why what we have in God, uh, it's like when we're feeling overwhelmed, it's like God has a really hard time understanding that's why he had to send Jesus so that Jesus could help him to understand a little bit. Jesus went through some of that, you know? And we'll look at this because this is, there's a response for us to have and it's, it doesn't quite make sense to us and we have to really understand that now all I have to do is pull that trigger and just wait until the thing gets lined up. It's not really complicated anymore. It's right within my grasp. I can do this. But I need to do it. Amen? It doesn't ha- help at all to have the right weapon, the overwhelming weapon, if you don't do it. Okay? So Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? What kind of power does that sound like? Overwhelming power. Amen? Amen. And if you go ahead and read, I, I didn't want to put this whole prayer in here. It's a wonderful prayer because it says, you know, we need revelation of this. What we've been given, it is the power that raised Christ from the grave. There is no power that we're up against that comes close to this one. <laughs> this power creates. The other powers just destroy. You know? This power creates. It created the universe. It brought Jesus up from the dead after three days. Amen? And this is where we've been seated in Christ in a position that is not just getting along. It's not even, does, it, it, it takes you completely out of a, you, you can't even comprehend being a victim anymore. You know that thing that was just so natural? Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, what's going to, have you heard about what the devil's doing to me? Boy, I'm just getting attacked. It's just terrible. It's just overwhelming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not wanting to offend anybody, but can you see how this is compared to what we have? So we we have to do what it's going to take to have the response to this. We've been given the power. It's far greater according to the working of his mighty power. Okay, so we cannot compare it at all. And this is why sometimes it's difficult for us because all we can, we, we like to compare things. 
We just, I just did it, you know, with the progression of weapons and stuff. But this is, is, it's on a whole other level. I believe we experienced it a little bit today when we were praising. It's the presence of God that's overwhelming. Amen. And anybody, no matter how brawny and smart they think they are, whatever else, you get in the presence of God and the glory of God. And it overwhelms. And change happens. Amen? Because it's in a higher realm. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So you can't compare things in the flesh to this thing that we have, this weapon that we have. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not bullets. They're not lasers. They're not anything that we can even look at. And so we have to get out of that realm of even being affected by those things. They are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And remember what those strongholds are. They're, they're, they're thoughts. Okay, we'll address this because... What did I say that the enemy really wants to do? When he's coming in with even a nuclear bomb or, or they're sending rockets around the world, what do they want to ultimately do? They're wanting to take people's hearts. They're wanting to dominate and give, get people to give up their will. That's why it's so evil. Because what they're wanting to do is get you to give up what God has given you, a free will, and make you become a servant of theirs. Right? So Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. And this is the key here. This is the realm, okay? Who gives life to the dead. That's what he did in Christ, right? And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Whoa, let's just say law a little bit. All right, everybody say law together. Law, okay, all right. And that was powerful, wasn't it? Did you, did you feel it? Um, but this is a weapon that is overwhelming to anything we can come up with in our minds. Amen? And it works in the area of belief. That's why the enemy's ultimate thing is to take belief out of people's hearts. Right? And that's what made America great from the start. It wasn't all our weapons. It wasn't it wasn't even, you know, how we do things. It wasn't the color of anybody's skin. It was belief in a higher power. And exactly what we're talking about. Amen. And anytime you apply what God's response is to something, it will overwhelm if you do it. You just have to do it, okay? Can I say, I got to do it? Can we say that? I got to do it, yeah. So it's belief expressed, though, that overwhelms. A lot of people say, I believe, I believe. You know how you believe? How you know what somebody believes? By what's coming out of their mouth and what they choose to do with their life. Amen? 
You know, you could, you could, uh, you know, get the whole world to stand up and say, how many believe in God? You know, everybody believes in God. (laughs) You know, because you have to know God. You have to know what his will is. You have to actually talk with him frequently and you have to be connected to his body. (laughs) If you're going to believe in him and actually take on his response to something. Amen? You know, this really helps me with understanding because Jesus said there will be signs that follow those that believe. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. And sometimes I'm not seeing enough of those to feel really good about where things are right today, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do we get there? And I believe that what we're getting in this right now, in just today, if we can do some of this, takes us into the realm that God has designed for us because it's not signs for us that follow. It's fine signs for somebody else. It's a God response for somebody else's life. Amen? Amen. That till we get beyond being overwhelmed ourselves, we can't be a God response for somebody else. Okay? So belief expressed, that's what overwhelms. That's our weapon. Now, don't let this be too small in your mind right now. Say, this is, I'm not seeing enough of it yet. I got to see some more, okay? All right? Can you be with me on this? Okay, so 1 John 5, 4. And this is the victory that has overcome what? Anything in the world. Amen? This is the victory. Now, sometimes you say, that's just way too simple. Well, we've been spending six weeks on it now, so... You can break this down. You can do a lot more with it. Amen? And you do have to learn how to apply this. It's not going to be just a magical thing that you put it in your back pocket. You say, I already got that figured out. Now let's go on and do what I want to do. No, God has to become your God. He has to become your Lord. (laughs) You know? This has to be a life transformation. I think that's the biggest thing with America right now is most Christians... You know, we saw this yesterday in this thing we were looking at. That said, how many percent? 50%, I think, of, of Christians. And I don't know how they come up with that percentage, but we'll just go with it. Okay, 50%, because it's a large amount, believe that there's other ways to God. And you cannot believe in Jesus and believe that. It's not possible. <laughs> and so a lot of people have, have believed a lie. And, and, and how are you going to overcome the world when you're believing that the world is Okay. You know, when you believe your enemy's okay, you say, oh, okay, just come in and take over then because you're okay too. <laughs> no, you have to recognize that he's an enemy and he's trying to steal some, some stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And then how are you going to respond though? And it's going to be by faith. It's going to be believing something, okay? Mm-hmm. So your mouth paints the world your heart conceives and produces. So when you get something, when you start to believe something, it needs an emancipation proclamation. You're going you're gonna to have to do something with that belief. There will be actions that will follow, but the actions will never follow anything that doesn't have a proclamation with it. You can't expect to just start doing the things of God without proclaiming them. Because proclaiming is the weapon. God didn't just have a good idea and said, I believe I'm going to make a 
make a world. He proclaimed. He said something, didn't he? He didn't just say, I think it'd really be a good idea if there's some light. He proclaimed it, didn't he? Because the weapon isn't just, it isn't just a, a projectile in the chamber. It's a weapon projected. Amen? And we've been given, so we're like, we're like weapons that have, have these projectiles in our chamber until they are, are released, until they're proclaimed, the enemy gets to win over and over again, right? I don't know if you ever, did you, did you see any of those, uh, I think it's kind of cool how, how Israel is using our, our defense system, you know, and how they'll, they'll send those missiles in, you know, you what are they doing? Continually, they're sending in attacks. And they have that, what do they call it? An iron, uh, iron dome. I thought it was so much fun to watch, you know. Because uh, they, they, they just knock them down when, they, when they're coming. But they're continually coming, aren't they? And so there has to be this response, though. What, what, if, what if their little iron dome said, I, I think, I, I, I'm just going to think about those things coming down today. No, you have to turn them on. You have to activate them. You have, they have to be in, in force. Amen? So your mouth paints the picture that your heart conceives. So it's good to have, think, have things come into your heart, but you're going to have to start proclaiming them. Ah, oh, man, let's get this, okay? Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. The chamber is loaded, right? Do you need somebody else to, now, now we need the body, but your part in the body, nobody else can fill. Nobody else can speak the word that you can speak. That enemy knows. <laughs> he knows if you're going to use your weapon or not, and he will attack you directly, Right? Especially if you're loaded and you're not doing anything with it. So let's look at this. And this is a proclamation. It's the release of overwhelming faith that renders every other armament obsolete. This is my definition, okay, in this context. And we saw that this is actually, it's a release of overwhelming faith. So you have to have some information. You have to have some truth, don't you? Right? And it's already established truth. So you're not having to come up with something. Let's see. I'd like to just come up with a really religious sounding phrase that I can say at this. No, you don't have to come up with anything. Right. The bullet's already made. Right? right? Yeah. You just shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. So all you have to do is release this overwhelming faith. It's overwhelming belief that renders every other armament obsolete. Don't you like that? Say, I like that. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. All right. So I'm going to look at three different ways that we can apply this, okay? Because sometimes we, we, we can just get locked into one way of doing something and, and see, see that there's, and, and actually feel overwhelmed in that. But I want to look at three different ways. I want to look at, at praise, at truth, 
and that faith. I know we said faith and everything's going to have to do with something that's coming out of our mouth. But I would like to look first that we have to, we have to do faith. And we've done that a little bit this morning. That's why we, you know what, what faith is? It becomes a, uh, an exalting of something that's already there. How do you exalt? Well, you just get your, your, your face away from something that is negative and you start to magnify something. You're not coming up with anything. You're not changing God. Your proclamation is releasing the faith in God. Amen? Now let's look at this. Okay, so there's praise. Where there is praise, there is belief. You cannot have belief without praise. (laughs) Right? Now this, this this applies in a spiritual realm, but it also applies in a natural realm, I believe, with people. What do we do with kids? What do we do with people? What does a coach do? Good job. Good job. Man, you could do it. I believe in you. And you know, a kid has a really hard time doing well on the field if he's getting no praise. Because he can't even believe he can do it. Amen? It's really hard to believe in God that you never praise. All right? Because you're praising other things in your life all the time. You can't sell something unless you praise it. You know what? You can find out where somebody's uh, belief system is. As soon as you can, you ask enough questions, you start to hit their hot spot, why they're living their life. And they will start to praise what has been raised as honor in their life. Does this make sense? If you're a golfer, you start asking about golfing, they will start to tell you everything about golfing. And what they're doing in that time is they're praising what, is, what means so much to their heart. You cannot believe in a God that you're not praising. And sometimes if you're having a problem with your believer, you can start to activate your praiser and your believer will get in line. Amen? Where there's no praise, there's no belief, and you are overwhelmed. So one of the first things you can do, if you're feeling overwhelmed, might be a little bit of a challenge, but you find something good about God, and I encourage, be original. Don't, don't be just looking for a praise song somewhere. Um, we can use them, and it's, it's okay. But talk to God like he's your God. Tell him something that's real, that really means something to you. Amen? You start to do that, and you'll find that that thought. So what is what, uh, uh, the, the power that we have over the enemy? It's not carnal, but it's mighty through God to the pulling down of a stronghold. So what, what is the power that we have? It's belief in God. So what the enemy wants to do is come and take away belief in God by causing you to believe in the problem. And so what you do when you start to praise is you remove belief in the problem and you displace it with belief in God. Amen? And so now that thing that overwhelmed you is not actually that thing. It's the thought. It's the belief in the thing. Does this make sense? And so as long as you are talking about that thing, you're praising that thing, your belief is connected to the thing. And you can only be overwhelmed. Even if that thing is a box knife and you're carrying a nuclear weapon. Right? Because you believe more in that than you believe in what you've got. You gotta praise what you got. 
All right, let's say that together. I got to praise what I got. All right? Okay, 2 Chronicles 20, 21. This is a real, very wonderful story. Isn't this good today? Aren't you glad you're here? All right, we're being blessed, amen? 2 Chronicles 20, 21. This is a wonderful story. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. You know, some people should sing where everybody can hear. Maybe some people don't need to sing where everybody can hear. But you can sing anyway. You can make a joyful noise, right? You can shout. Yeah, you can do a shout. That's why they did the shout. Because some, some people, man, I heard somebody at a birthday party the other day that was singing a song. Wow. They need to keep that to themselves. All right. And who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were singing, saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Where did they go out? Man, you got to be careful. If you got a good singing voice, you get recruited for this position. So they're going to put you right out in front of the bullets. You get to go in the front. But see, this is, when you start to understand what you got in your praise, you get bold with your praise. Say, enemy, I'm coming at you with an overwhelming weapon. You think you have some little guns or something? Then you become George Washington. Remember, they couldn't kill him, right? Familiar with that? He's a bulletproof president. So then you go down here, and what happened when they began to sing? Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. You start getting God involved. You start praising him. First of all, you are no longer overwhelmed, Yeah. Right? And because you're no longer overwhelmed, you're in, your, your chamber is loaded. You can actually believe now. When you're overwhelmed, you can't believe God. And you ask people to pray, and, and you pray a whiny prayer, like God, if it's your will or something, you know? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but there's a prayer that works, and there's a prayer that doesn't. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, Right? So there's, there's a necessity of having this, being free from being overwhelmed. And now, what happens? God is able to go into action because God moves by faith. He doesn't, he doesn't move by need. He doesn't move just because you need something. He doesn't move because he's, he feels sorry for you. He already loved you and sent Jesus. So now he moves based upon faith. And what is required for faith? Proclamation. You have to praise. So, so praise becomes a, can you see how this praise is a, is a proclamation that enables overwhelming? Amen? Man, you could say, well, I'm done. Then I don't need any other kind of proclamation. No, let's look at a couple more, okay? All right. So there's another proclamation. And this is so, imp- it makes it so important to know your ammunition. To know the right tool for the right place. Amen? Because what is the enemy coming to do? He overwhelms you with a lie. That's what our nation has been overwhelmed with, a lie. Not just a lie. A whole bunch of lies. And people are running around afraid of this and that 
when they have no reason to be because the enemy, if, it's like, it's like uh, uh, was it Ger- Goebbels or whatever his name was in, in Nazi Germany? He said, if you just say something long enough, people will believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they did, right? So when the enemy comes against you, you have weapons of truth that you don't need to come up with something else. And here's, the, here's, here's if, if you get enough truth in you, you'll recognize the lie because it, it, it will, you, you know what's wrong. We, we saw this in some of this that we were looking at yesterday. Um, it's like, it's like, it's like they, they teach you how to identify counterfeit money by holding and, and using real money. And the reason why so much of even the church has swallowed a lie is because they've not been handling the truth. <laughs> that just came out by the Spirit, okay? <laughs> but it's the truth, right? <laughs> so what, you have to be familiar with the truth. You have, to, you have to be speaking the truth. Not just aware of it somewhere, you know? It has, to be, it has to be something that you're practicing. Yes. What God has said overwhelms temptation. And what is that t- temptation? Is to become overwhelmed by a lie. So what God has said will overwhelm itself. This is how powerful this is. Are you, say, this is good. good. This is good. I'm loving this. I can't wait for a little bit more. The way is God's overwhelming response, okay? So there's a way. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So the enemy comes in, and he's making a big ruckus. He's causing you to feel overwhelmed. And what he's wanting to really do is to cause you to lose faith. And so when that temptation comes in, there's a way. So let's look at the way, okay? But with the temptation, we'll also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, there's a simple proclamation of what God has said completely that overwhelms. And so we'll just go through this real quickly. This, remember when Jesus was, was uh, tempted? Yeah. Did he try to come up with something? Did he try to stand in his own identity? He didn't, did he? No. He said, he just spoke the truth. The enemy always comes with a lie. He's wanting to defeat us with a lie. How do we win? We just proclaim. But you have to proclaim. Otherwise, the bullet's in the chamber and the enemy still wins. You have to release the truth. Okay? Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. So the enemy was always coming in in a place of vulnerability. Some place where, where we can see, and Hunter really related this well in prayer the other day. He said, anytime we sin, it's because we're giving in to something that's other than God's way. Yeah. Right? Yes. So you have to know what God's way is. Otherwise, you swallow a lie and you die. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wasn't that funny, but okay. <laughs> now, when, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. So what he did, he, he, he enticed him with some truth that he's the son of God, but then he tried to get him to do something that was opposed to the truth. You know, that's what, what, that's what the big lie has been. If you care about somebody, you'll do this. 
You'll give up your own identity. <laughs> you know? And that's what the enemy does. He always wants to come in and, 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 and make it like, well, if, if you really are care, you're going to do this. Yeah. And it's, it's a lie. Okay? When the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. He's hungry. And he answered, it is written. He didn't even talk. He didn't even come up with any kind of anger directly towards the enemy. He didn't say, man, you're making me mad. Why don't you just run away? <laughs> you know, we resist the devil. How do we resist? With a proclamation of what God has already said. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up in a, in, into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands he shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He's even qu quoting the word of God. He's quoting the truth, but it's opposed to the truth. That's when your light, your light is actually darkness, okay? Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. What did he do? He overwhelmed the devil. Every opportunity was, was a, uh, an opportunity to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to happen unless I do this. Unless I give in to this. And every opportunity, he met it with the truth. He overwhelmed it. But he had to proc proclaim. He didn't have to just sit there and stew over it and wonder about it and wish it would go away. Yeah. Right? So here's the last one. So we, what do we have? So faith is a creative power. This, this is where we can actually begin to declare some things. We have creative power. We have the same power in our mouths to create. So if you can see that there's different weaponry in our mouth, there's, there's weaponry to praise. What that does is it brings in faith. Amen? Yeah. And then the truth rejects the lies that will overwhelm. Yeah. But then there's an opportunity also for the power to create to come out of our mouths. Amen? And this creative power can actually destroy also. Remember, that's what Jesus did to the fig tree. Romans 4, 17. As written, I've made you uh, father of many nations in the presence of him uh, of whom he, he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they were. So saying is launching the weapons of overwhelming Mass destruction. Don't you like that? You know, were you ever wondering if there were actually weapons of mass destruction? Do you ever wonder that about yourself? I wonder if I have weapons of mass destruction. People, a lot of people have wondered about whether they actually had them in Iraq. We should be wondering whether we have them in us. <laughs> okay? <laughs> because we've been told that we have them, Right? That was supposed to be kind of clever, but anyway, <laughs> I thought it was good. Amen. Said, that was good. All right. Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, sometimes you would say, well, all you have to do is say that. It says, whoever says that, right? But does not doubt in his heart. 
How do you get to the place where you don't doubt in your heart? I believe that these other four P's are a way to prepare for the launching of the saying. Okay? That we cannot just assume that we are in a position to begin to talk into mountains. What's he doing over there? Well, he's talking to the mountain again. Well, did he do anything else before? No, he just likes talking to the mountain. Well, that doesn't work. You have to prepare. Amen? You have to prepare your weapon. But believes that those things which he says shall be done, he will have what he says. What does it say there? It says, says, it says, says, three times, right? And believing only once. So there's a necessity... If you're going to actually overwhelm the enemy, you got to get your mouth involved. This is the overwhelming weapon that is not limited to the flesh and to temporal things on this earth. It's eternal. Amen? That's how we're saved. Talk about defeating the enemy. We get saved by what we proclaim. Proclamation of the gospel, spoken authority over all other threats. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know what you're doing when you're preaching? You're saying, You're proclaiming the gospel. Amen? What is that? That's bringing life. It's, it's like I just said, somebody gets saved. That's the biggest defeat of the enemy there is. Amen? He who believes. And is baptized will be saved. What does that mean? He doesn't just say he believes, but his life is transformed. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And it becomes a life of baptism where the old is dead and the, and the new is alive. Amen? But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. How do you think they're casting out demons? Just walking around, giving them, giving them the eye, giving them, <laughs> giving them the stink eye? No. They're doing it the way Jesus did, Right? They're speaking. They're speaking. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. I'm telling you what, you, you pray in the Holy Ghost, there's a, there's a rehearsal of the release of overwhelming power of proclamation. Amen? They will take up serpents, and they will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Why are you doing anything? Any of these things, it's because somebody's being overwhelmed by them and you're overwhelming the overwhelmer. Yeah. Amen? By what's coming out of your mouth. There's a proclamation coming out of your mouth. All right.